0: how's it going guys welcome back to the training camp podcast uh i watched the tape back from last week's episode uh, obviously when i was just cutting it together and about to post it and uh i apologize for the audio oh my god was the audio horrible i came in and the first second i'm not going to replicate it but the gain was out of this world so that's fixed this time i actually know that's fixed because actually the audio level is being shown to me right now so i can see that everything's fine. so, yeah, I apologize about that. Also, I was definitely just, like, not into my groove yet. It'll probably take me probably uh, this episode as well to just kind of find that groove again. Obviously, when you don't do this for a month, you you, you you fall out of groove. I went from doing this every single week for four and a half, five months to off for a month. So, I'm sure I'll find my groove back eventually. Anyway, uh, let's hop into the news of the day. Uh, well, actually, the news of the week. Still haven't found my group, apparently. Anyway, uh, one of the biggest things that people are talking about this week is that Dak Prescott was not featured in the the Dallas Cowboys promo video for next season. Uh, It is currently February 10th, and we are talking about the Dallas Cowboys. (laughs) So, can't wait for this to resume next season. Hey, Nick. You're going to probably be back on the show again sometime soon. (laughs) Um, my thoughts, I don't really think it's a good deal. I think it's most likely just because he is, uh, a free agent and that he's not, like, a for sure on the team for next season. He will be, I have a feeling. But, um, yeah, I think it's just because he's not technically under contract for next season and maybe another team does end up getting him. And so then it's weird if he's in their promo video. So that's the only thing, that's the only reason I don't think there's any issues there. Um, now when I... when I was record, when I was planning out this video, the Nets had lost three straight. Again, things change between when I when I record these and when they get uploaded. So if the Nets have lost, I apologize. But uh, the Nets have lost three straight as of right now, um, and I still don't understand why. They, I mean, hey, listen, y'all have a defensive problem, and the trade that I've been pushing would fix that there's also rumors of the trade if you guys don't know that I think it should do Nikola Vucevic Vucevic and Aaron Gordon for Kyrie and I bet you the Netskos will probably get like a first in that as well anyway um one thing I'm hearing is that uh there's some talk for Kyrie for Kevin Love which why I like Kevin Love but like that's not gonna solve all your problems so I don't understand that. Uh, Multiple teams, there was a report that multiple teams are interested in Juju Smith-Schuster. These teams, including the New York Jets, the Raiders, Miami, and I think Washington. That doesn't surprise me. Obviously, Juju has shown that he can be great on the field. Um, But, I mean, yeah, I I really don't think Juju's going to be a Steeler next season. I'd like it if he was. um, Just because, like, he kind of has the heart and soul of of Steeler Nation, and uh, he's just... He earned my respect when he laid out Vontae as perfect in his rookie season. So yeah, uh, Juju definitely I uh, will always be a fan of his, even though he did some really stupid shit this season. Um, but yeah, no, I don't think he's going to be a Steeler fan in the future, uh, uh Steeler player in the future. Uh, so best of luck to Juju. Next, Curry is... Man. Oh, God, I turned a flight there. Curry, man, Curry, man. <laughs> um, Curry continues to just carry the Warriors. Uh, he's currently averaging 30 points a game on 25.73 player efficiency rating it's fourth in the nba and he's shooting 48 percent from the field so yeah for all those people that thought curry couldn't carry a team this there's no way that this team would be what 13 and 13 right now without curry they'd probably be at the bottom how they were last year when curry got injured so yeah, Curry. My, my. But I mean, for last week was. But I mean, why isn't Curry? Why isn't the MVP Curry to lose? And I think definitely, like LeBron, Curry, and Joel Embiid, and uh, uh, Jokic are like the top, in my opinion, the top four MVP candidates right now. Um, so yeah. Another thing. Go back to NFL. Uh, Marcus Mariota has had a bunch of suitors for him. A bunch of people are wanting to trade for him. It looks like that one game where he played out uh, when Derek Carr got injured is showing. Teams like, oh, maybe Mario is not gone. I mean, he was a second overall pick for a reason, so maybe it's just a system fit. Um, doesn't surprise me, honestly. Anytime something happens within, like, like uh, the Taylor Heinan situation, he had a good playoff game, he's gonna get signed. I just think it's one of those situations where you know what uh, the teams see a possible spark and they're gonna go after that. I think it's something we saw with Teddy Bridgewater last season when he won five straight with the Saints. And lastly, uh, Lamelo Ball. <laughs> proves me wrong. I, I I thought he'd be like an okay rookie, uh, but I thought his his attitude and his uh like personality would be the downfall of him this season. Uh I was wrong. Let's see what's he number 1 in right now amongst rookies. Uh points, okay. Oh, assists as well. That's cool. Oh, rebounds as well. Oh, steal, oh, double-double, oh, triple-double, oh, player efficiency. He's leading basically the rookies in every single category. So there's no way LaMelo Ball can lose rookie of the year. So, hey, LaMelo, thank you for proving me wrong. Um, best luck to you. I hope you can turn a small market team like the Hornets into a great team. So cheers to you, my friend. Um, that was the news of the week. Now let's get into my first segment of the show. Uh, obviously, the Super Bowl happened last week. And I upload these videos on Saturdays, so I uploaded the last podcast the day before the Super Bowl. So it's been about a week since the Super Bowl has happened while you guys are seeing this. So I give us time to process it. Uh, My initial thoughts, well, first of all, Brady is is unreal. Um, Going to the Super Bowl, I think I talked about this last podcast, like, I was looking forward to it because, like, I really like the Chiefs and I really like Andy Reid. And I actually really want Andy Reid to surpass Bill Belichick. But I also just kind of want Brady to get that seventh ring, just because that's kind of cool. I would I wouldn't want a single team to get seven rings because my Steelers have six, and I don't want us to be second. Um, But I think it's amazing. I, I I mean. It definitely helps that he went to like one of the most loaded rosters in the NFL, but I'm not gonna take that away from Brady because he also won Super Bowl MVP and he had one of his best statistical years ever. So I mean, yeah, I think it would not surprise me Brady's playing football at 50 years old. Like genuinely, that would not surprise me. Uh, he, I also think like he's probably gonna win another Super Bowl before he retires because he's just that good. Um, now, like I said, Brady won Super Bowl MVP. If I had to give a Super Bowl LVP, like least valuable player, uh, it would be more like. LVU least valuable unit yeah the chiefs o line uh, i'm not going to give them too much crap because a lot of them are not starters and we're all backups and those just a, or, or they weren't playing their prime positions so but yeah they were the worst part of the super bowl because uh, what was what was the the stat mahomes ran for 423 yards in that game and i think 55% of his snaps he was under pressure that's nuts and so, like you, if the okay, you could you could criticize a bunch of people on the Chiefs for this game. You can criticize their defense for like basically only having a couple stops in the first quarter, and that was it throughout the entire game. You can criticize the O line. You could criticize the. uh You can't really criticize. I guess you can't really criticize the running game because they didn't do it that much, and when they did, they would they actually pretty. They had some pretty good success in the run game, honestly. But you can like criticize the wider series for all their drops, but the one person you cannot criticize in this game and you have to show respect to, Patrick Mahomes. This dude, yeah, he played his worst game probably um, statistically in his NFL career, and this is the worst, this is the first first time he's lost by more than two scores, and also, sorry, two or more scores, and uh, this is also, like, like I said, his worst, probably statistical game of his career. But... If you just look at the numbers, you'd be like, "Oh, he had a horrible game." But watching the game, Mahomes almost pulled off so many amazing plays. Uh his receivers just didn't do him any favors. So yeah, you cannot question Mahomes' talent. I think the two back-to-back plays alone where one he's falling, he's spinning, and he hucks it and it's a perfect pass, um like that and then the, literally the next the next play, he is perfectly horizontal and he makes a perfect throw that it was Daryl Williams, it just hit him in the face. So yeah, Mahomes, like, if Mahomes would have thrown for one touchdown at least, I think I would have been like, you know what, maybe Mahomes deserves Super Bowl MVP. Like, I remember when uh, LeBron all- lost that one's uh, finals to the Warriors, a lot of talk was like, is LeBron going to be the second ever finals MVP to lose the finals, uh, other than Jerry West? Because, like, LeBron was easily the best player in that finals. I mean, like, Mahomes... Talent-wise, easily the best player in that game. But, no, Brady definitely deserved it. Three touchdowns. I think that you could have made an argument for Gronk as well, who had two touchdowns and was coming off of a season where he really didn't play football. Um, I'm kind of surprised there wasn't more talk about... Well, and, I mean, Alex Smith, obviously, the runaway for comeback player of the year, but there wasn't more talk about Gronk than the comeback player of the year because took a year off. But um, No, yeah, so Gronk definitely could have been the conversation too, but I think when you're 43 and you throw for three touchdowns and, what, 225-ish yards, um, and you... Did, did Brady have a pick in this game? I don't think Brady had a pick in this game. Oh, he did, but it got called back. That was stupid. Speaking of stupid calls, okay, that was one thing that I could not stand about this game was the officiating. The officiating was so bad in this game. There were moments where I wanted to turn off the game. Yeah, I wanted to turn off the Super Bowl. Because and it was it was so one-sided. It was so one-sided towards the Bucks, and it was starting to piss me me off. That's the thing. I, don't, I didn't bet on this game. I didn't have any money in this game. I just wanted to watch it and enjoy the Super Bowl. And I don't hate one of the teams. That's like one of the things I hated about watching the Patriots Super Bowls is like I kind of have to root for against the Patriots because I just hate the Patriots. Um, but this one and like kind of like last year's Super Bowl, I just liked the Chiefs last year. So I, I was like, oh, I'm rooting for the Chiefs here. But this one, I just I liked all the storylines that were surrounding the game. So I was able to sit down and watch it. But and and so like there's that there's that nice thing where it's like, oh, there's no stress around this game. But the refs were creating so much unnecessary stress. Like, this... Okay, first of all, the pass interference towards the end of the second quarter where it was to Mike Evans, not a catchable ball. And also, when they showed the replay, he didn't really trip him. It looked like the corner fell on his own, and then Evans just kind of had a reaction to it and fell himself. But even if he did trip him, it's not a catchable ball, so it's not pass interference. Uh, the, the interception that got called, called back for holding... Horrible call. You have a 6'7 wide receiver against like a 5'11 corner, and that corner is trying to get underneath him to shuck him? Yeah, Mike Evans is probably going to try and swim past him. They're going to get tangled up. If anything, you could maybe call something on Mike Evans, but you can't call that a holding on the defense. It's so hard to hold someone who's a foot taller than you. <laughs> um, so that was horrible. That also probably would have like, shifted the momentum as well because you're getting a turnover and probably giving Mahomes... Um, I mean, that, that was the one thing about the Super Bowl. It's like I never turned it off, mainly because, like, even when it was 28 to 9, I was like, well, this is, like, this is the same Chiefs team that was down 24 points uh, to the Texans, and they were able to come back and then win the game by, like, 11. So, like, this this is a high-powered offense. But, um, you know, there are definitely some momentum shifts that just got called back because the ref the refereeing was horrible. Um, it did kind of calm down the second. Okay, look, I will say this the penalties were penalties they were calling penalties that were actual penalties but in the playoffs those were not being called and I agree with that I think in the regular season and the playoffs is two different kind of like monsters I think in the regular season you want to call those more because you want to get players uh more alert when it comes to, to penalties especially ones when it comes to protecting players um that being said in the playoffs I still want them to protect the players but on things like holding pass interference defensive holding um just like those, I mean, obviously you can't really go easy on like false starts and offsides because that's just kind of how the game works. But on those like kind of contact plays, you, ha- like they were not calling many of those during the playoffs. I think uh, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman were talking about during one of the games during the playoffs where it was like, the, it was one of the least penalized games in NFL playoff history. And that these playoffs were also just very like unpenalized for the most part compared to the regular season. And then the Super Bowl comes out. And like I said, if it would have been for both sides, i probably still would've been annoyed because it would've been ruining the game flow, but like, it would've felt a little more evenly matched, but they were just all going the Bucks' way. Um, and they were all just like, again, they were technically penalties, but they were penalties that weren't being called. So I just didn't really agree with, um, just, I, I didn't agree with how close-knit they the officials were working with it. And I think that they got talked to at halftime because they, they, they kind of held the flag a little bit more in the second half. Um, and last thing I want to talk about with Super Bowl, again, going back to my last week's but I mean, I said, but I mean, why can't a defensive player win the Super Bowl MVP? And man, even though Brady threw for three touchdowns at 43 years old and still had a great game overall. Like, yes, that is a fact. I think Brady definitely had a great game and is deserving. You can make a great conversation for why Brady deserved Super Bowl MVP. But this is a Chiefs team that was held to under 20 points like, what, once in the regular season? And essentially they had one real loss because they sat out the their stars in Week 17. This defense held them to nine points. The NFL needs to make like a conversation for maybe giving uh, like coordinators and coaches the MVP. Because if you could do that, Todd Bowles would have been the Super Bowl MVP. Or if you could give a unit, the Bucks defense would have been the Super Bowl MVP. Because not only was it like that the fact that the Chiefs O-line was really, really injured. Like I said, Mahomes was still making these catches. Uh, are making these plays. Their receivers weren't making these catches. But that defense, they weren't even rushing Mahomes with, like, nine. No, it was like a five-man or a four-man rush. They just dropped everyone back into coverage. I think there was a couple times when Mahomes got sacked, and it was a three-man rush. So, obviously, that's the diminishing line for the Chiefs, but that's also just talent and schematics by uh, Todd Bowles in his defense. So, yeah, I think... The defense definitely deserved some conversation, and you could make a great conversation for why the defensive uh, unit as a whole uh, deserved the Super Bowl MVP. I mean, they also picked off Mahomes two times. The last one was kind of like a garbage time interception because, I mean, you're just kind of forcing a, uh, a pass to try and get a touchdown to somewhat put you back in the game. But yeah, no, I think the, the 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 Buccaneers defense did a great job. They proved me wrong. I was kind of worried about them a little bit just because like how they'd have to match up. Because I was worried like, okay, well, you have to you have to double Tyreek, you're gonna have to double Travis Kelsey, you're gonna have to corbex by onto Mahomes. That leaves three guys rushing left. Well, uh, they must have done that because even with three rushing, they still weren't able to get to Mahomes. Um, so yeah, I I, I don't know how much of this was going to translate to next season. Because, I mean, I think home field advantage also kind of had a great effect on this game as well. When you don't have to travel at all, and you can just chill in your home stadium, you know everything, you can get there earlier if you want to. Like, you know how the place works. That probably helps a lot, too. Um, but, yeah, I mean, congratulations to the, to the Buccaneers. I think it was a great season. Um, I mean, if you would have told me at the beginning of the season the Bucks won, it wouldn't have been too much of a surprise just because, like, looking at the roster. But... Um it just overall like this is the Super Bowl we all kind of expected to be in the season was Chiefs versus Buccaneers. Like that was I think the uh the best odds wise to bet on. But it I don't wanna say it didn't disappoint because I think it kinda did. The game was honestly kinda boring for the most part. I think the only reason I – like I said, the only reason I say 2 in is because, like, there's a chance the Chiefs might do it because they've done it before, but they didn't do it before against Brady. So, of course, also Mahomes' has two playoff losses in his career to Brady. So, <laughs> man, it's going to be so hard for Mahomes to catch Brady if that's even possible anymore. He's going to have to win eight Super Bowls, essentially, and uh, there's going to be a talk that, oh, he lost to Brady in one of them. So that's going to be so hard for Mahomes. <laughs> Uh, I'm not going to overreact too much on this for the Chiefs. Like I said, their O-line was super beat up. Uh, they faced a lot of injuries, and their defense just kind of took a shit on them. Their defense, last season, their defense like had a great run in the second half of the season and in the playoffs. This season, they really couldn't find that identity. Uh, I have a feeling they'll probably uh, address that in the draft this year, <clears throat> mainly because they don't have much cap because of who they signed all last season, but... Uh, yeah, no, I I think the Bucks. I mean, we could genuinely have this same Super Bowl rematch again next season, which I, which I think would actually be kind of cool because then you uh you if Mahomes won, it'd be one to one with Brady. He'd have two Super Bowls and he could maybe catch that legacy. I just love the comp the conversation of legacies, and I think uh, Mahomes definitely isn't out of it legacy wise. Like like he's only what twenty five years old. If he was to play as long as Brady is, which I don't know if anyone could do that at the level that Brady's playing at, he'd. But Mahomes being in the in the NFL for another 20 years, and I definitely think if they had this team and like coordinators and staff, they could probably make another five, six Super Bowls. Um, but again, it's it's a matter of winning them. And I, I just I just think next season if we saw that same rematch, that'd be super super cool. Except I also really want me and JP talking about this since the Super Bowl is in LA. I would love a battle of LA Super Bowl like Chargers versus Rams. I think that would be sick. That would just be so much fun to watch. Obviously a Steelers fan, I'd like to have a Steelers in there too. Uh, not two, you can't have three teams. That'd be Weird. Um, But I'd like to have Steelers in the Super Bowl as well. But uh, our window's closing. Also, piss off Clayton. It's Clayton in my group chat, he sent a thing that said Ben Roethlisberger's retiring, and I freaked out for like five minutes trying to find reports. It was fake. Just one of those fake accounts. So thanks. Thanks, Clayton. Thanks for giving me a heart attack that we're going to start Dwayne Haskins or Dent next season. Oh, God, I don't even want to talk about the Steelers. Okay, anyway, coming up in the next leg of the podcast, I'm going to be talking about the the QB carousel for next season and how it's probably going to have its implications going into the 2021-2022 season, as well as my but-I-mean takes of this week, so stick around for that. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the Training Camp Podcast. This is going to be leg two of the show. Uh, If you guys missed it in the first leg, we talked about the news of the week, as well as uh, just kind of like my recap and thoughts on the Super Bowl and uh, how it played out. And honestly, I had a lot more to say on that than I expected to. So, if you guys are curious what I thought, what I said about that, you guys can check that out in the last leg of the podcast. In this leg, we'll be talking about the quarterback carousel and its impacts on uh, the the upcoming season, and um, my by three, but I mean takes for this week. So, within the quarterback carousel. So, okay, obviously the big thing leading this is where Deshaun Watson is going to go. Um. Because I think once his trade happens, that's when all the other trades are going to start to kind of, like, happen. Because I think other teams are just kind of curious what value Deshaun's going to get. Who knows, by the way, what Deshaun's going to get after Stafford got two firsts, uh, another quarterback, and a third. So Deshaun Watson might get ten firsts, three quarterbacks, four thirds, the entire cap market, the caps cap space of a team, and also fucking throwing a pizza place as well, because why not? That's literally just what this is turning into at this point. Um, so, not only are like, these are, okay, so these quarterback and team combos are not only things that I think will work, but I think are more realistic, because I think I could pitch the best fits, but that's not a realistic thing. We kind of talked about that uh, last week. Um, but... Like, yeah. So I think, like I said, Deshaun Watson, that's going to kick off everything else. And so we'll start with that. Deshaun Watson, the reports are sounding like he's going to go to the Jets if he's traded. I don't know why the Texans haven't traded him yet. They're adamant on not trading him. But I think eventually you're not going to pay a quarterback, even though he's going to get fined for each game he sits. You're not going to pay a quarterback to not play for you. Um, You want to at least get something in return for a season. So I think they're going to end up trading him. And I think the Jets is probably going to be the the place because they can offer them the most. And uh, like you could probably get three to five first round picks for Deshaun, uh, including thirds, fourths, whatever. It's just the only team that can afford him literally like that's it. That's the only team that can really afford him. You can't really name another team that's in that lower echelon. Than, like You could say, okay, maybe the Bengals because they have a high pick, but they don't need a quarterback. Like There are teams that are there. Like The Jaguars could probably afford him because they have the number one overall pick, but they're not going to forfeit that. Um, so, yeah, I think the Jets is probably the best spot for Deshaun to land up because the Texans can benefit from it. The Jets can benefit from it. Deshaun can benefit from it. In reaction to that, that means Sam Darnold is not going to be available. I think Sam Darnold would probably be involved in the Deshaun trade, sending sending Sam to Houston. It would probably be like four first-round picks, uh, Sam Darnold a third and like a fourth or something like that. Because I don't think it's going to be as big of a deal as people are expecting. I don't think Stafford's going to have that big of an impact on this trade. I think he's going to have an impact. Like It wouldn't have surprised me if a month ago, if the Deshaun trade happened, it was just two firsts. Um, but I think now it's going to be probably, like, four, but I think everyone's overreacting. Like I said earlier, like, ten, four, six in a pizza chain. Like, that's definitely not going to happen. It's just kind of what, what you would expect from what the market, like, president has been set now by the by the Matt Stafford trade. But, yeah, I think Arnold will end up with the Texans just because, like, that's – even if – which I don't think they will, but even if the Jets give up that number two overall pick, um, like, I don't think – Houston would take a quarterback with it if they got Darnold in return. I think they would probably take O-line <laughs> or maybe weapons because they're going to lose Will Fuller. They've already lost D-hop um, or maybe defense. They have so many needs. There's literally so many needs. Houston Texans can use it with that pick. So they they could just pick anything but like aside from quarterback, which they could still pick quarterback if they wanted to. But I do think Sam Darnold would be involved in that trade um, because not only are the Jets getting rid of like a future quarterback uh, for pretty cheap, but they're also bringing in a future quarterback for like Deshaun's deal isn't too bad, honestly. Um, and he's only a year older than well, draft class wise than Sam Darnold, so it's not too bad contract wise. Uh, I mean, no matter what, Sam Darnold's gonna be paid next season because it's gonna be the fifth year option. So that's where I think Sam Darnold end up. Uh, is Houston okay? Like I said in the news of the week, there's a lot of people apparently, according to reports, reaching out for Mariota and. <laughs> I'm not saying this is a perfect fit, because I don't think it's a perfect fit. I don't think Mariota should be a starter right now. I think if anything, he should probably pull the Tannehill, maybe be a backup for one more season. Man, that'd be poetic. If Mariota ends up being like a good quarterback, that's literally following in. It's just the circle of quarterbacks you get benched for Ryan Tannehill, and then you basically just become Ryan Tannehill. That's wild. Anyway, I just, I just, I have a feeling. I have a feeling this is going to happen because this is something that this team would do. This is something – and if you don't know what team, when I say it, you're going to agree with me. Chip, I'm sorry. I think Mariota's is going to go to the Bears. <laughs> I do. They're not going to re-sign Trubisky. There's not a quarterback market really available right now like in the free agency-wise that's going to want to go to Chicago unless it's just for a lot of money. So one of two things can happen with Chicago. They're going to overpay for like a mediocre quarterback or they're going to trade for Mariota who's on like – not a high – I mean it's like what, $8 million a year? I just think that's something Chicago will do because they don't have a quarterback going into next season. They're not going to roll with Nick Foles, uh, especially because his contract is essentially still being paid for by the Jags. So yeah, I I just I was thinking about it, I was like, where could where would Mariota go? Oh, the 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 Bears are talking about Wentz. It it'd probably be the Bears. That's just something you guys would do. You guys traded – You guys drafted with the highest pick, well, the highest quarterback in that round, in the entire NFL draft, not just that round. Mitchell Trubisky instead of Deshaun Watson Patrick Mahomes. Just saying, it's something you guys would do. You know you would do it. I'm not saying it's a good fit. I'm just saying it's something you guys would do. Um so like like I said earlier, the one team that's not going to forfeit the draft pick is going to be Jacksonville so cuz they're they're going to take Trevor Lawrence. It would surprise the shit out of me if they took Justin Fields. Um I think it would be like a 99% surprise. I think that 1% would be like, "Oh, well, I guess you know, Urban Meyer has Ohio State roots," so but um I think that it's going to be Trevor Lawrence to Jacksonville, which, like, no one's talking about this. That means Gardner Minshew. <laughs> Did we just forget that Gardner Minshew was actually a really good starter for Jacksonville? And they just, he got hurt in the season. So we didn't get to see him basically at all this season. And literally, when he was healthy, they benched him. Are we not going to talk about that? Like, Minshew's a good quarterback. Minshew's a starting level quarterback right now. I would, I would take, there's probably, I would probably put him in the top 20. There's 10 quarterbacks I would probably take uh, Minshew over. Maybe even, like, I don't know if I... Maybe top 15. I have to look at the list. Um, But one of those quarterbacks I would take is going to be this team that I think Minshew is going to... would fit well with. And I don't think anyone's talking about this because Minshew is so cheap. Minshew is so cheap that, like, I don't know why teams aren't training for him. Um, But I think Minshew, after the Jacksonville trade, I think it would make sense, and it could happen. He would go to San Francisco. Um, I mean, you look at... Jacksonville's system was not really offensive-based. It was more of a defensive-based system, and he was having success in his rookie year. He was literally one of the most efficient rookie quarterbacks ever. Not just that season, ever. Like, he got uh, rookie of the year votes because he was good. Um, he also didn't really have that many good weapons in his rookie season um, because it was just like, DJ Chark, that's it. A mediocre offensive line. has got, like, one good center and a good left tackle. That's it. Um, so yeah, I think that, uh, Gardner Mitchell is going to have a market. It wouldn't surprise me if he got like a, th- if he got traded for like a third, uh, I think. And I think he would fit well in San Francisco. You have a, a good running game when healthy. You have a good offensive line. You have a great defense. You have some, I, I don't really know how to feel about the wide receivers right now because we haven't really seen them with a, c- a consistent quarterback, but I mean, like they look promising. Ayuk and, uh, I almost called, them, I almost called him. Uh, Goodwin, uh, oh my God, oh my God, Debo Samuel went healthy. They both look really, really good together. Um, and so if you get a good quarterback with there and you just put him with Kyle Shanahan, who, you know, again, gave Matt Ryan an MVP and got Jimmy Garoppolo $27 million a year, I think, I'm not saying Minshew would be like, I mean, he could be a pro bowler. Not that that means anything anymore because, like, you would look at this year, like, pro bowl means a little jack shit. Um, He's not going to be, like, an all-pro player. But, I mean, if Jimmy Garoppolo could lead that team to a Super Bowl, then Gardner Minshew could. Like, let's be real. I mean, I would take Gardner Minshew over Jimmy Garoppolo because Gardner Minshew actually throws the ball, and he has a sense of mobility as well. Like, Jimmy Garoppolo has just fallen off. Um, And so, with Gardner Minshew going to San Francisco, well, where does – uh, Jimmy Garoppolo go well he's not going to be involved in the Carter-Mitcher trade because the Jacksonville Jaguars just got uh, Trevor Lawrence the first overall pick so that means Garoppolo is going to go to New England yes I, I have a feeling he'll probably just go back to the New England Patriots like why wouldn't he they saw him as Brady's heir apparent until Brady didn't want him to be anymore in the trade room away for a second so it's not a high contract 27 million dollars it's definitely high for his talent but um I mean it just kinda makes sense. You could probably trade for him like his his value's gone down, so you could probably get like a get him for like a a fourth or a th- maybe a maybe a third. Um so yeah, I just think he'll wind up back with the Patriots. If the Patriots don't want to draft a quarterback this year, the, the rumors are gonna take Mac Jones, but I feel like Mac Jones is kind of just like Jimmy Garoppolo, one point five, like not even 2.0. <laughs> so um yeah, I think. I think with Minshew going to San Francisco, that means Garoppolo will, pro- will most likely go back to uh, New England. I actually think that's just going to happen no matter what this year just because we-, we saw what New England is without a quarterback. And no, Austin, Cam Newton is not a quarterback. He threw for like what? He had more interceptions than touchdowns this year. He had more rushing touchdowns. He had passing. He had like what, three passing touchdowns, like nine rushing touchdowns? No. Just stop it. I think Cam Newton's career is over. Sorry, Austin. Sorry to break it to you. Apologies, bud. Um, so with him going to New England, that solves solves New England's uh, quarterback problem. You know what other team has a quarterback problem? Philadelphia, because Jalen Hurts looked good in his couple of games. Now, obviously, that was with Doug Peterson, who they fired after getting them to a Super Bowl three years ago. I don't, I don't understand. The NFC East is such a train wreck. How are the two most stable teams in the NFC East? The Washington football team, who have like one of the most racist owners ever, um, and also the New York Giants, who have just been in debacle mode for the past 10 years. How are those two the most stable teams in this division? Someone enlighten me, please. Um, But with Philadelphia... I talked about it last week. A lot of teams are calling about Wentz right now. I kind of like mentioned how the Bears are calling about Wentz, but I mean, we all know where he's going to go. This is there's only one perfect fit for him. It's it's Indianapolis. Why wouldn't he go to Indianapolis? Frank Reich's there. And again, you're not I really doubt that Philadelphia is going to send him sh- to Chicago because he's in the NFC. Uh I think they're going to send him to the AFC. And you know what? I think Carson Wentz could have his most success there. Great O-line, great defense. Great weapons. His coach got him almost to like he should. I, in my opinion, he deserved the MVP that season. He only played 13 games, and he willed that team to a 13, uh, to a 13, three, was it 13-3 start, so, something like that. And then they won the Super Bowl that year. They don't get to Super Bowl without his amazing. Like you still have to give Nick Nick Foles the benefit of the doubt because he got him through the playoffs and the Super Bowl. But I mean, Carson Wentz set them up for that. So yeah, he basically he had an MVP year essentially. Uh, until he got hurt. I think if he didn't get hurt, he would have won the MVP. So essentially he had an MVP level year and that was with Frank Reich. Frank Reich leaves, everything sucks. Hmm. I wonder what the correlation is there. So yeah, I think there's a really good chance that Wentz will go to the Colts. Um, Staying in division and mediocrity for the past 10 years and just just implosion, uh, the Dallas Cowboys, uh, Dak Prescott obviously is there's, that's going to be talked about for the next it's the Dallas Cowboys forever um I think Dak's just going to stay with Dallas why wouldn't why wouldn't why would Dak go anywhere else no other team is like let's be real the Cowboys going to be offering Dak like 38 million dollars a year total overpay but what name one team that would pay Dak 38 million dollars I'll wait no that team that team you just named no they won't no they won't that, uh, that team you just named? No, they won't. There's not one team that would... Okay, how about... The, give me a team that's going to pay Dak $34 million. No, they won't. No, they won't. The, the, I think teams are probably going to offer Dak like $30 million, maybe thirty, maybe $32 million. But no teams are going to overpay for Dak. The only team that's going to have a, like actual interest in paying Dak are the Cowboys. And they could have gotten him cheaper if they would have signed him last season or the season before. Um... But, yeah, I think everything will essentially work its way out, and Dak's going to stay in Dallas. Now, last but not least, Russell Wilson. There are so many rumors. I wasn't going to actually talk about this. Uh, And then today, reports came out that his team is just, like, extremely unhappy in Seattle. But this also happened last season. I remember last season, or was it last season or two seasons ago, there were rumors about him wanting to go to New York. Not the Jets, but the Giants. Um, And so, because, like, you know, his wife is in the entertainment industry, and so new york would be better for them just like as a family and also he just wanted to be out of seattle because they don't really treat him right which i agree with because i mean other than deshaun watson if we want to talk about quarterbacks that don't get help from their team russell wilson's up there um but okay i'm gonna do this for fun because i don't think russell wilson's going anywhere there's no way if Deshaun like i would like russell wilson is the only player trade-wise that has more value than deshaun watson because he's a proven winner uh, not that Deshaun Watson isn't, but, like, you, Russell Wilson's been at two Super Bowls, so, yeah. Um, but, I mean, we're just uh, I think, realistically, he's going to stay in Seattle. But if he was to go somewhere, why not New Orleans? I mean, they're, they're, I know that they have Jameis or Taysom Hill, but you're telling me that if you had the option to be able to get Russell Wilson, you wouldn't go after that? What? Yeah, you would. That's a step up from your last, like, five years of offenses because you still have Kamara contract. You still have Michael Thomas a contract, which I'll get into that in a second. You have a great defense, great offensive line. You have, like, a, a pretty good tight end in Jared Cook, um, and now you have a mobile quarterback. That's something you have not had. I know that last season Drew Brees hit the spin move to get into a touchdown, which was fucking awesome, but, yeah, no, you don't have a quarterback, so, like, what do you... <laughs> What are you gonna do you don't know if james is gonna do well or not he's had like what four total snaps for them as the saints player right now so yeah i think russell wilson on that team would be great and you know what i think they would do i I have a feeling michael thomas be involved in that trade i just i do um you could probably like i don't know michael thomas a one or a couple ones for like tyler lockett and russell wilson something like that i don't know but like Michael Thomas, because that one season he had, two, uh, basically it was last season, essentially, um, because it was so good. Like, he's got have a lot of value. But uh, this season, he didn't have a touchdown this year. I know he was out for half the season, but he still didn't have a touchdown, not even in the postseason. What? That's Michael Thomas. I used to give him so much credit. I still don't think he's Slant Boy, but I don't think he's the elite guy we thought he was. So why not trade him? He's kind of like a Kyrie situation where it's like, yeah, he's good, but like why not trade him? Because he's also kind of a problem. <laughs> um, yeah, I think... Like the best spot for Russell Wilson would be New Orleans. Uh, again, do I think that would happen? Probably not, because they're in conference. What team out of okay? If we think about AFC teams, they would not do a Deshaun for Russell Wilson swap. I don't think either team would accept that. Uh, well, um, the Jets. Well, the, the Jets trade for Russell Wilson? Maybe. Doubt it though. Um, well, I guess if you're willing to trade for Deshaun Watson, you're probably think about trading for Russell Wilson I mean there's been reports that the Seattle's been getting calls um I feel like the Raiders would call about it but I don't think they'd they'd have enough to do it the Colts that would make sense but like I said they're probably going to get Andrew or Andrew Luck probably going to get Carson Wentz uh Steelers won't Bengals won't Chiefs won't Chargers won't Broncos Broncos might make a run for him that'd be kind of interesting um uh pff. yeah, no, Tennessee won't. Jacksonville probably won't, Bills won't. Miami that'd be kind of interesting too there's actually a couple of interesting teams I just think the best place for Russell Wilson if he was to go to another team would be New Orleans because I mean you want if you have an older quarterback like and I'm talking older as in like proven winner 28 and older essentially um, you want to have them with a team that's ready to win now you don't want a team that you have to build around I think that's kind of like where Denver and Miami are like like it's interesting it's like ah that's kind of interesting but I think if you want to win right now with Russell Wilson the Saints are the best spot for that um, and they probably have pieces that you can give up. Like, you could probably give up James Winston, a couple firsts, Michael Thomas, for, like, a weapon and Russell Wilson or something like that. Again, I'm not an FLGM. I, maybe maybe that's, like, a better – actually, that's a better trade than the D-hop for a number two. So I'm probably better – I mean, Bill O'Brien's a fucking moron, but still. Um, so, yeah, there's my quarterback carousel. I got the Shango to the Jets, Donald in return for the Texans, Marietta going to Chicago, uh, Minshew going to San Francisco, which means Garoppolo goes to New England. Wentz going to the Colts. Stack staying in Dallas, and then Russ Wilson staying in Seattle. But if it was to happen, the Saints. So let me know what you guys think. Do you guys agree or disagree? Uh, coming up in the in our last leg of the podcast, it's the but I mean segment. So stick around for that. Welcome back to the final leg of the training camp podcast. If you guys missed it, first leg we talked about the news of the week and uh, my recap on the Super Bowl, and then the second leg we talked about my quarterback carousel. I'm curious, you guys' thoughts on the quarterback carousel as well. Hold on. Excuse me. Um, like, what team, if you think I'm wrong, hold on. Pardon me. <laughs> I don't know why I'm starting to burp all of a sudden. Um, but, yeah, I'm curious what you guys think about my takes on the quarterback carousel. So, if you think I'm wrong, if you think I'm right, if you have other uh, ideas for where certain quarterbacks will end up, please let me know. I'm curious what you guys have to say about that. Um, in this leg, we're going to be talking about, but, I mean, uh, this is a brand new segment I introduced last week. If you're not sure what it is, it's essentially just like kind of like my hot takes where i mean you're talking to someone and they're making a good point and then you go but i mean why not essentially you'll you'll figure it out once we go so i do three of these a week so let's get into number one okay apparently my upstairs neighbor is doing construction um hello my man can you not move your table while i'm doing the podcast please Whatever. We're just going to have to endure with it. So, my butter mean number one. So, last. last. Are y'all hearing this? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Some people's children. Um, so, in the last leg, we talked about the quarterback carousel and, like, what teams need quarterbacks and, like, who will probably fit with those teams. One team I didn't really mention. That I think is still a quarter, like just a quarterback away from making it, making a good run, is Washington. They got the weapons, they got the O line, they got the defense, they got the, like I said, the weapons with with a wide receiver. Like they literally have a great wide receiver, running back, tight end core. Also, just like how good they are at their ages uh, for being so young. But I mean, why can't Tyler Eichenke be the next great NFL quarterback that they just signed for two years, eight million dollars? We saw, like, genuine talent. I mean, he was, out of the quarterbacks Brady faced on his road to the Super Bowl, Heineke put up the best fight. In a game where he was not, no, like, aware that he was going to play. He had not played a snap of football all year. This man put up 352 passing yards, three touch, uh, two touchdowns, uh, two passing touchdowns, and one rushing touchdown. My man almost beat the Bucs. He had a better game against the Bucks than Patrick Mahomes or Drew Brees, or MVP Aaron Rodgers. That's how good Taylor Heineke was. So, I mean, why can't this signing lead Washington to the promised land? I'm going to be rooting for him, but let's be real. It's probably one of those situations, kind of like the Mariota trades, uh, where teams are just kind of getting desperate. They're like, oh, why not? They did get him for, I think, like, $8 is a pretty good contract, especially for two years because it's incentive-based when he's a starter. Um but I mean, why why can't Tyler why can't Tyler Heineke be the next great NFL quarterback? <laughs> uh, my but I mean, number two, going to the NBA. Obviously, we're gonna start transitioning to the NBA on this show. Um, man, the Lakers look unstoppable. Even with AD struggling, LeBron is in year eighteen, and he, him and Brady, man, I don't understand. I mean, you can't even compare him and Brady because Brady kind of had his off years, but LeBron has not had an off year. <laughs> So the Lakers look unstoppable and like even the Sixers are looking amazing when they're playing their starting lineup. I think they're what like 12 and 1 or they actually might be undefeated when their starting lineup uh like main core is playing, which is a testament to Doc Rivers, but like they're absolutely amazing. And so like we could get a Lakers Sixers finals. But I mean, why can't the Jazz win the title? <laughs> the Jazz are not getting any respect. All the meme pages are like, you know, that three-headed dragon meme. I'll put it up, where it's like, oh, the the, the Lakers, the Sixers, and then people are like the Jazz, and it's like, well, how are the Jazz the joke? Like when people were doing out the Steelers, I could understand when they were eleven or no, because it was like, yeah, they've had like they almost lost to the Cowboys, and they almost lost, and then they ended up did losing to the Bengals, but, like they almost lost to this team and that team. The Jazz have been, they're what, like 16 for 17 in the last 17 games? Or something like that. And they're the most efficient three-point shooting team in the league right now. Now, now I'm going to say this. When you live by the three, you die by the three. So, when the Jazz die by the three, eventually, they are going to die. They're going to be merch slot, like, just caught, like, destroyed by the three. But, I mean... Why can't they win the championship? The last time they had this good of a start, they made the finals. I mean, they had to play Michael Jordan, but they made the finals. Uh, their, their chemistry is great. I've watched them live. They're a great team and a fun team to watch. Their role players know their roles. Jordan Clarkson is actually, I, I commend him because, like, most players in this situation would want to be traded to be a starter. He seems like he's perfectly happy have being the, the sixth man. He should be in sixth man of the year conversation because he's averaging, like, 20 off the bench right now. Uh, you got good guys off the bench like him and Joe Ingles. Uh, with Bogdanovich back, like that, you get uh, Royce O'Neal as a supporting c- character, too, who was filling the starting role for a while. Gobert's having a great season. Donna is starting to heat up. Mike Conley is finally like being the point guard distributor that they traded for him to be on the team. I don't get why there's so much disrespect. I don't know why saying the Jazz can make the finals is a hot take. I think it's just because the Lakers are in that division. Um, I mean, honestly, like the Lakers, the Clippers, and the Jazz are the three best teams in uh, the West. I mean, you could rank all three of those teams however you want, not just like record-wise, but talent-wise as well. I mean, the Lakers with AD struggling could be the second best team in the West and the Jazz beat the first. Or the Clippers could be the first best team in the West just talent-wise with AD struggling and then the Lakers and then the Jazz. Or it could be just like those three teams are interchangeable. I know JP's going to comment this and be like, nah, LeBron's the GOAT. Yes, LeBron is the best player in the world. For who knows how long, but as a team, the Jazz are probably one of the best teams in the NBA right now, and they're not getting everyone's respect. Also, Amona, I don't worry, I got you, I got you. Amona's a huge Jazz fan, and he also is sick and tired of the disrespect that they've been getting. So don't worry, Amona, I got you. <laughs> I'm gonna put some respect in the Jazz's name. Um, but I mean, number three, I know the Nets have the best big three in the league, and, and like. They're struggling and but it's probably just like still trying to build chemistry and find their scheme. But I mean, why can't the Nets trade Kyrie? Why is this I have watched talk shows talk about this and they're like, why don't they talk up why or why don't they trade Kyrie? And it's like, oh, that's blasphemous. Why would you trade Kyrie Irving? He's a great star. Yes, we're aware he's a great player. We know he's a great player. That's why you trade him. I mean a whole video about this. You like it makes sense. You can get two to three pieces of this and a draft pick back for Kyrie. You could probably also get a little more cap space with this is what, well. Like, I just, it doesn't understand why it's so blasphemous to talk about Kyrie leaving the Nets. It's not a bad thing for both sides. I mean, it's probably a bad thing for Kyrie because he'd be going to a worse team. Just do the Vucevic trade. Please. It just makes so much sense. It makes so much sense. Literally so much sense. I just, I don't know why that's such a blasphemous statement. It doesn't. I think it's a fine trade. I think I think people just love Kyrie as a person. I love Kyrie as a person. As a basketball player, as a teammate, he doesn't seem like he's the guy. If he, if he worked with every team he went to, I would not be saying that. But my man has had trouble everywhere he goes. He had trouble, like, this is chemistry-wise, he had trouble in Cleveland. He had trouble in Boston. Boston, which is like one of the most player-friendly teams right now in the NBA for like the past five or six years. He had trouble in Boston, and now said, and then he had trouble uh, at the beginning of the season, like last year when he signed with the Nets. He had trouble then. He had trouble at the beginning of the season this year. He's just, I just, it's not blasphemous to say they should trade Kyrie Irving. This isn't even but I mean, this is just a rant at this point. Um. So yeah, do you guys agree with me, or do you guys think I'm stupid for thinking about that? Uh, so but I mean number one, but I mean why 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 can't taylor Heineke be the best next best nfl quarterback but i mean number 2 but i mean why can't the jazz get to the championship and win it all and but i mean number 3 why can't the nets just trade kyrie <laughs> i'm curious what you guys think about my but i means uh if you guys agree disagree if you guys have your own but i means i'd love to hear those um just drop those in the comment section thank you guys for streaming the podcast this week if you guys are curious you guys can always go back and rewatch portions of the podcast i will leave tam- time stamps in uh, the timeline of this video. If you're on Apple or Spotify podcast, we do have a video version of the podcast as well. You guys can check that out at youtube.com slash the ninja. If you guys are watching the video podcast and you just want to like, listen to it cause you don't want to see my ugly mug. I don't blame you. You guys can check us out on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify podcast. We also have an Instagram. Where we'll be posting clips and polls and stuff like that to interact with the audience more. So you guys can uh, check that out. Links in the description as well. Also I do leave a bunch of other links just to support uh, certain charities and uh, just, you know, nonprofit organizations as well. So make sure you guys check that out as well. And I'll see you guys in the next episode of the podcast. See you guys later.